1: Pour some donuts in a bowl and get on with it. This is Morning Juice. Morning Juice.
2: Right here on the fan, Brandon Beam, Jensen Lewis, Mark the Shark, attacking and dominating our way to 9 a.m. here on this Monday edition of the program. Right now, we're going to head out to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems fan guest hotline, check it with our man from the hockey writers, Mark Scheig. Mark, happy Monday,
3: bud. What's happening? Good morning, gentlemen. Happy Monday.
2: All right, so... I feel like hockey has perfected the art of the non-handshake line during the regular season. Uh, Mark, they don't—they don't even interact with that until you get into the postseason and you finish off a series. Um, so, mm-hmm. is there any chance we can get the NHL to come down in college basketball and just do away with the with the handshake line with what's going on at Michigan and Wisconsin?
3: Oh my gosh! Whatever it takes right? Um, but at, at the same time, given that some of the questions are surrounding the NHL, do we trust that they could do the right thing?
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great oh point. Oh my gosh. Great point, a, uh, It's a fantastic point. Alright, so the Jackets had a Interesting situation arise this weekend. No Elvis, no Corpy. They call up JF Barube, who got his first start uh, in the NHL in four years time, Mark. And it was uh, pretty wild watching the game last night, right? Jackets were out shooting the Sabres like 20 to five and the game was two to two. You're like, oh no, hold on, uh, hold on to your seat because this thing could get a little wayward. Uh, They end up playing a great second period, third period. They down the Sabres seven to three, but Uh, Last couple of weeks have been fascinating for the Jackets because the last time we checked in with you, it was a bit of a tailspin that the Jackets were in. They have somehow managed to dig themselves out of that situation and are playing some pretty good hockey. What's led to that for you?
3: Hmm. Um, Patrick Lani decided to bring out the golden shovel and Hmm. put his team on his back to a degree. (laughs) I mean, he's putting up some historic numbers, um, goal scoring. He just looks like a completely confident, different player. Um, that that's part of it though, is this team as a whole, I think the biggest takeaway out of this Brandon is how good offensively they are.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: In consecutive seven goal games. Now that's never happened in blue jackets, franchise history. I mean, who came into the season thinking that they were capable of this being able to almost score will, especially as of late. You know, I certainly didn't see it. Many people certainly didn't see it. But when you get Liney going, and then you realize there's a lot of talent on this team when you consider the Voracek impact, when you consider Boone Jenner as having one of his best seasons ever, you can go up and down the lineup. But there's legitimate scores and then depth scoring, too. Look at last night's game. Yeah. Dean Kutin scoring two goals. Brandon Gaunce is adding a goal. So they might give up a lot of goals still, but they certainly score a lot of goals, which makes them really fun to watch right now.
4: Mark, hey, it's Jensen. Uh, I, yeah, the, the, some characteristics of this club. First and foremost, the way they started the season. You know, a, a, as a young team, you you want to get off to a great start and and have that that confidence. But. Uh, You know, with what Lars has done uh, amidst the COVID issues and then the injuries and having to have a bunch of guys, uh, you know, coming up from uh, the minor leagues, it's been pretty incredible that of the 25 wins the the Jackets have, they trailed in 15 of them. Mm. Uh, It it has been a never-say-die attitude, but uh, it just seems that when they get behind it, that's where they're at their best.
3: Yeah, Jensen, it seems like that they have a certain level of comfort knowing that, no matter where they're at in the game, whether they're ahead or as you mentioned, how many times they've had to come from behind, they're still confident in knowing that they can compete, they can come back and win. I think that does start at the top. That starts with Larson, kind of in the, in the leadership role, and then the leadership role on the team as well, kind of trying to reestablish that standard in the room and saying, you know, keep playing your game, keep playing the way we want to play because no matter what happens, we're always going to have a chance to win. I think we're starting to see signs that. The leadership is kind of putting their imprint on this team, and yeah, Larson absolutely deserves credit um, for that. You know, Think of last year with Torrell was more of a defensive approach. Larson has come in and kind of opened it up a little bit to allow him to be a little bit more free, to be able to play a little bit more offense, and I think that's led to a lot of confidence for guys up and down the roster, and it's clearly showing.
2: He is. Mark Shiga, the Hockey Writers, with us here on the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Um, not a great time for both of your colleagues to be injured. Obviously, we're you know, a month away or so from the NHL trade deadline, which is fascinating. We've chatted on that front before, Mark. Uh, just yeah. an update. Uh, long-term for both these guys, short-term. no, it's a quick turnaround for them tomorrow back at Nationwide against the Leafs.
3: Yeah, I mean, we, we really don't know the answer, and, and Brad Larson didn't even know the answer either, but kind of put a little bit of a reset on it, so... If you look at the organizational death, Elvis Merlikens, um injured in practice on Saturday, lower body injury. He is considered day-to-day. Jonas Korpisal is still lingering lower body injury. He, too, is considered day-to-day. The third goalie is Daniil Tarasov. He is still out indefinitely with um, a lower body injury as well. I know Jarmo Kek-Liner recently said that he was to get back on the ice soon, so maybe he's working his way back, but there has been no further update. So that's what led to Barubi starting last night. And what a great story that is for him to be able to start the game first time in over 1,400 days, win the game with his wife and his 19-month-old son <laughs> in the crowd. Absolutely <laughs> awesome moment for them. Um the fifth goalie still in with AHL Cleveland is Cam Johnson, and they actually signed a goalie, um, Jet Greaves, to, um, an entry level contract to act as the backup last night. Um, so, incredible stuff. Larson said that everybody's day to day, so. We'll see today. We'll see tomorrow, but it doesn't sound too long-term for Mersley, or corpus holiday. And it's yeah.
4: Yeah. Very good news there, Mark. Last one from me. Appreciate you joining us this morning uh, of the young kids that we've seen uh, here at the beginning of the second half of the season. Uh, who have you had your eye on and been uh, impressed with the most?
3: Hmm. Well, I've had my eyes on Brandon's favorite guy. You go. That's my. I love him. You know, that about me. <laughs> yes. no, but it's just, not only just the scoring, he's got six goals, but he's playing well at both ends. When he's given the opportunity, we're seeing why that the Blue Jackets made him a very high first-round pick to the surprise of many experts. And there's a lot of guys that we can throw into this conversation. Cole Sillinger is an 18-year-old coming in and playing and learning the center role. He's developing really well as well. Andrew Peak on the back end, he's playing um, to the right of Zach Wierensky. And he's just come, kind of coming into his own a little bit, having some ups and downs. But for him to be in a position that he's able to play that role is really big. But I think the biggest one that we have to talk about real quick is Adam Boquist. Mm-hmm. At nine goals, he leads the Blue Jackets defenseman in goals. Just 21 years old, came back in the Seth Jones trade. We're seeing why there's a lot of excitement around him because he's, he's a dynamo offensively, seeing a little bit of science defensively. So that's why Yarmul Kekalani called this whole thing a reset because the young players are really stepping up and it's really not a rebuild, but they might be back sooner than we know, because there is some young talent that's already here and there is some young talent that's on the way. So brighter days are certainly ahead for this team. Speaking of a young guy
2: too, um, Maybe not the youngest in the whole books, but how impressed with you or were you last night with Gauntz's performance? His pass on the board, too, that one-handed pass, which led to a goal, was mm-hmm. in a in a game full of awesome stuff. And I know that Line's goal didn't count because he was offside, but Gauntz's yeah. one-handed flick pass in the middle of the ice <laughs> may be the best thing I saw last night.
3: Yeah, that that's an impressive play, especially for somebody that's trying to battle to get back to the NHL. I actually covered him in um in the OHL when he was back with Erie and he's always had the talent. He just really hasn't been given a full opportunity and I think that play last night that you called out really shows, you know, why he's still up here despite all the injuries because he's playing well and he can make little plays like that just adds to the depth and it helps out that bottom line and if you can get four lines going, it just makes the team better at the end of the day.
2: Yeah, fourth line was tremendous last night. Mark, always appreciate the time. Enjoy it as always. Have a great rest of the day and we'll check in again soon, okay? Sounds good, guys. You too. There he goes, Mark Shag of the Hockey Writers with us here on the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. We'll let you know what has us juiced coming up next. Morning juice right here on the fan.
1: Fan
5: traffic. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center.
0: Good morning, Gabriela Garcia here. Not seeing any trouble spots on your major central Ohio roadways. Just watch for some daytime lane restrictions just for today on I-270 westbound. This is on the north side of the outer belt near I-71. And also watch out for that median construction that's going on on State Route 315 until the end of next month. Next check of traffic in a few minutes for now from 10TV's Wake Up Seabus. I'm Gabriela Garcia for 971 The Fan.
1: Attack and dominate your alarm clock. This is Morning Juice.
0: Morning Juice
2: Right here on the fan Brandon Beam, Jensen Lewis, Mark the Shark here On a Monday
5: That's what we do every single day, time to get juiced What's got you juiced? Sponsored by Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Call today, get it fixed today
2: Another weekend in the books here J. Lou, almost done with the month of February Which is hard to believe What's got you juiced coming off the weekend, bud? Uh,
4: Beginning today, it sounds like uh, MLB and MLBPA will uh, meet in earnest to end the lockout and get a new CBA. That would be great for all of us who are looking forward to the season starting on time. Uh, Because if it doesn't, well, I'll probably be doing more shows with you, my dad. (laughs) <laughs> so yes let's hope that uh let's hope that a meeting every day 24 7 uh they uh they can get this framework done and uh we can all get back to our, our day jobs being able to go out to, to spring training
2: all right so you were recapping this uh and previewing this week for mlbpa and uh the owners as well uh big week correct I'm not yeah. understating that this is a big week as far as negotiations go these next 10 yeah. days or so
4: Basically, a week from today, we've got to have an agreement. Uh, Otherwise, opening day will be pushed back. And uh, again, as I've told you, I've Mm -hmm. told Sharky uh, that uh, I think it's, you're, you're literally taking the life of the sport into your own hands if uh, you don't get this thing done and started on time because. Uh, you know, opening weekend is also Final Four weekend, yeah, and uh, it's a massive, obviously massive exposure anyway because it's uh, one of the most watched weekends of sports uh, in our our sports calendar. But people will go find something else to do, uh, if if they don't have this thing ironed out.
2: Yeah, for sure they will. So fascinating stuff. Uh, as Uncle Bo says, know the scores here this week, and you know follow right. these little. uh these little bread trails that are coming out uh, of those meetings that are happening, uh, of course, every day between the MLBA, MLBPA uh, and the owner. Shark, why don't you fire up the Schlegel machine?
6: Toughness in basketball. You could teach toughness in basketball. How do you do it? Rebounding. Box out. Let's
1: go. Mm. I should have used that on Saturday. Yeah, <laughs> okay, exactly. Uh, yes. okay, guys, that would have been nice. Hey, uh, Jensen, before I let you know what has me juiced, I know two years ago we were in the middle of spring training when COVID hit and they sent. Everybody home. And then last year, of course, uh, COVID was full blown. And I know you guys didn't get to go to Arizona. Will you and Al be going out there this year if we get this thing settled?
4: Yeah, I I think I will. Uh, and and the the hope is cuz uh, if, if people don't know uh Al Pulowski, my co-host is the voice of the Cleveland State Vikings basketball team. Uh so they may be uh, going
1: to the tournament.
4: They uh if they win the uh, the Horizon League tournament, yeah. it looks like they're going to be a 15 or a 16 seed. So uh he'll be somewhere there and uh as I usually do all the heavy lifting, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh I, I yeah, I at some point I'll, I'll be out there for sure.
1: All right, I remember when the NBA All Star Game was in Cleveland 25 years ago at what was then three-year-old Gund Arena, and they introduced the top 50 players in NBA history. Yeah, 48 of them were there. Pete Ugh. Maravich was dead, and Shaq had a foot injury and uh, couldn't make it. People were uh, joking uh, that uh, you know he couldn't fly because of the. Foot injury <laughs> mm-hmm. for, <laughs> yes. for some reason. But, but it, anyway, fast forward 25 years, and last night in Cleveland, they introduced the top 75 players of all time, with this being the, the 75th anniversary of the NBA. And so many of the guys are gone now. George yeah. Mike, and, and Dolph Shays, uh, Havlicek, Wes Unseld, Wilt, Moses, Kobe. And uh, there were another... I don't know, maybe a dozen guys who are still alive but didn't show up. But, wow, what a group we had in Cleveland. Dr. J and Kareem and Michael, uh, Bill Russell, Iverson, uh, Oscar, Rodman. Jerry West. Rodman. He was there last night. Yeah, Rodman. Yeah, was great. The only player in the top 75 who didn't average in double-figure scoring in his career. But uh, I thought it was... The best part of the whole weekend in Cleveland. It was yeah. uh, fantastic. Let sure. me give you an update on the OSU baseball team. They are 3 and 0. Yeah. Starting the season at the Snowball Classic in Port Charlotte, Florida. Last night, the Buckeyes overcame an 8 nothing deficit to beat Whoa. Indiana State 9 to 8. So <laughs> the Buckeyes <laughs> have one more game down there today, this afternoon against BYU. And uh, hopefully we can start the season at 4 and 0. Beamer, what has you juiced? So I was watching uh, a little bit of the Sheba Leaves Cup this past weekend. The U.S. Women's National
2: Team. Actually, Dennis Rodman's daughter plays on the Women's National Team. That's right. No, we're talking soccer. Oh, Uh, yeah. So we're we're talking soccer here, and uh, they were playing. They were playing New Zealand. J. Lou Uh and uh, Michaela Moore, who is a defense, plays defense for New Zealand, scored three own goals. Uh, in the first oh half. Oh, my gosh. So what? she had a bad day. Wow. Yeah, that was uh, no good for her. So it was very unfortunate to see. I mean, it was great for us because we ended up winning the game, which is uh, tremendous. But, yeah, she scored three own goals on her own net. Uh, so a hat trick of my own goals god. for her. Uh, that was did, no good. Did you see them? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, what did, was, well, it was it just, like a header
1: that went the wrong it way? It wasn't a header. It was
2: just bad touch off her foot every time, and it just slipped right past the goalie. Oh, and my, so, god. oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> It was, I don't know if that accomplishment is ever going to get beat. Uh, three own goals in a game, so a hat trick. Uh, what's got me juiced in a negative way? Buckeye Hoops team, their performance on Saturday was uh, not the best. Anytime you allow 20, 20 offensive rebounds to an opposing team is not good, especially in your own building, so they take their first loss uh, at the shot. So that had me juiced in a very, very negative way. Great juice, though. We were talking to our man, uh, Mark Scheig, of course, from the Hockey Writers in our last segment. Brendan Gaunt's pass uh, last night. That's up an assist was pretty awesome. And then Steph, too. Uh, Just going total video game mode last night in Cleveland for the All-Star game was awesome to see. Uh, And you want to talk about how we go through iterations of revolutionizing games. That man is literally the reason why the game has changed so much and gone uh, to a three-point you know, just dead shooters game now because he was pulling up across the timeline, JLU. So I'm glad that you got to see it in person. It was pretty awesome. Uh, And then, of course, the Juwan Howard situation uh, (laughs) had me juiced. I don't really know if it was positive juice or negative juice, but uh, whatever it was, whatever you... slap a grown man in the face. Uh, there are sure going to be some consequences. So fascinating stuff all around the sports landscape this weekend. We'll get you caught up with everything that's going on in the sports world. As we hit you with a re-rack, hour number three of the program on the way next. Speaking of the Buckeyes performance, they go down against Iowa. Quick turnaround time today tonight, really, uh, to take on Indiana. We'll get you ready for those. Uh, and back on the Juwan Howard front, where's this thing going to go uh, when it comes to suspensions being doled out by the conference and or the University of Michigan? Get you caught up in all that. Hour number three of the program on the way next.
5: Morning Juice, right here on The Fan. Fan traffic. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center.
0: Good morning. Gabriela Garcia here. Not seeing any trouble spots on your major central Ohio roadways. Just watch for some daytime lane restrictions just for today on I-270 westbound This is on the north side of the outer belt near I-71 And also watch out for that median construction That's going on on State Route 315 Until the end of next month Next check of traffic in a few minutes For now from 10TV's Wake Up Sea Bus I'm Gabriela Garcia for 971 The Fan Cop.
1: There's a fine line between intensity and insanity We don't know which side this show is on This is morning juice Hour number three of the program for us
2: on a Monday. Brandon Beam, Jensen Lewis, Mark the Shark. Hopefully everybody's having a great start to their Monday just like we are. If you'd like to follow along for the fun on Twitter, you can always do so. At MorningJuice971. The general, of course, on the Buckeye cruise for cancer. It's going on this weekend. He will return on a Wednesday. He sat down, talked to Terrence Dials earlier on in the six o'clock hour. Great conversation that they had uh, in that one. So that was fun. 735 Mark Shag of the hockey Riders, He joined us chatting a little CBJ and coming up here in about 30 minutes time around 835 this morning, Adam Jardy of the Columbus dispatch. He's going to join the program. Talk the debacle against Iowa on Saturday, getting beaten your own building for the first time this season. Uh, and of course, uh, uh, game tonight against indiana which is a big one by the way for the buckeyes uh you don't want to go zero and two against the hoosiers coming up uh this year that's something that they're going to have to deal with got to find the mojo again at morning juice 971 on twitter is where you can follow along jensen you're on twitter at jlu50 i am there at brandon beam 971 and our man mark the shark he's on twitter at shark on sports right now time for a
1: re Keeping you informed about what's trending this morning, it's time for a little
5: re-rack on Morning Juice. Sponsored by Billiards Plus, the best selection of pool tables and the best service in Central Ohio. Iowa takes down the Buckeye Hoops team
2: 75-62 on Saturday. Going to get you caught up with everything that we took away from that game coming up here momentarily. Again, Ohio State basketball in action against Indiana tonight. Quick turnaround for the Buckeye Hoops team. 7 o'clock, 6 p.m. coverage begins right here on the fan. Ohio State women's hoops team uh, getting sent off the right way yesterday. Senior day over there at the shot, 59-42. They take down the Wisconsin Badgers. Jackets take down the Sabres to 7-3. Big sports day as well yesterday. Austin Sindrick. Columbus, Ohio native, 23 yeah. years old, winning the Daytona well 500. So that is pretty awesome to get a uh, get a Buckeye. I believe uh, I was reading he was the first person from Ohio to ever win the Daytona 500. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Oh, you, good for him. You know me, J. Lou, big NASCAR expert. That's right. You know, yeah. reading all the news and notes <laughs> about everything NASCAR. I will yes. say, I. I did try to get into it a few years ago because Panama, Ted, and uh, our man Degenerate T Bone very big into the NASCAR scene. Uh, I decided Joey Logano was going to be my guy. Haven't watched a race in like five years, but I do check in on the Daytona 500 uh, when it starts because I think it is—it's uh, a spectacle unto its own self. The Daytona, yes.
4: Is. So speaking of uh, spring training and and wanting that up, uh, usually at Phoenix International a Speedway out there, uh, if we if the off day matches up uh, where the race is. Uh, or if you're not playing that day, don't have to stick around for the game. Uh, we've had, we've got guys that uh, absolutely go out there. And anytime you can, you can get a pool going, you know, you get oh, a couple sure. of drivers, uh, it'll keep, it'll peak your interest a bit there. But, uh, I've heard people say, and, you know, my, my folks, my family's, uh, massive into, to Formula One. So and, uh, that Paul,
1: it
2: started for me, Jensen, because you know I love a good morning sport, you know yeah, that about me, the Premier right. League uh European golf, really whatever it is that 's on the morning, it catches my eye. I got really into f one with the start of the Netflix series, The Drive yes. to Survive, and that has carried over for me, and I cannot get enough of f one and what they do. Have you watched
4: uh the movie Rush, yes. Okay so that if you if you want if you're looking for the icebreaker to get into motorsports let alone formula 1 the you know the uh, the the racing sport of of kings uh, I I would highly recommend Chris Hemsworth mm-hmm. uh, so for the ladies out there easy on the eyes for you there uh but the story uh, uh of Nikki Lauda and James Hunt one of the great rivalries in all of of motorsports uh really propelled uh, that the entirety of that sport the exposure of it uh, uh, definitely a, a huge byproduct of those two going at it. But yes, uh, that is, that is great for Cindric, uh, great for NASCAR. Uh, and again, if you get an opportunity, people have said, it is it is really an an awesome experience to go see a race. So we'll put that on the list of uh, things to do. Yep,
2: no doubt. Late last night in Cleveland, something that you took in. Team LeBron takes down Team Durant, one sixty three to one sixty. Uh, LeBron getting the game winning field goal. They were kind of playing the Elam ending uh, a little bit, just playing to the target score of twenty four, of course, in honor of the late Kobe Bryant. So they won one sixty three to one sixty. LeBron hitting the game winning shot, and Steph Curry just going total video game. Mode total yeah, video game mode out of his mind. He crossed the timeline. He was making everything uh, for those of you that had the
4: under three twenty five. Congratulations, you're a winner. Uh, I did, and uh, <laughs> it was yeah. And I'm trying to remember what Steph's odds were to be the All Star Game MVP because a favorite. I think a lot of people were uh, were on LeBron. I think LeBron was like two to one. Uh, John Morant was a, a popular one and at six or seven to one. Uh, I, there. I think a lot of people expected this, this sort of homecoming, if you will, in the all star stage, uh, to be LeBron just, you know, making everyone remember why, uh, he was so beloved here in Cleveland. But Steph, that second quarter, I mean, it just started to really, really hone in. And, you know, I, I didn't get to hear, you know, with the, the commentary. Uh, from Reggie. I'm, I'll bet uh, they were I'm, going nuts. I'll
2: bet they were going nuts. Yeah. At one point, they were just saying, thank you, Steph. Thank yeah. you. Steph." Like They were just thanking him for the performance that he was put on. It was tremendous. So great. That's yeah, awesome. It was uh, very good. So they win uh, Team LeBron does 163-160 uh, the All-Star game last night in Cleveland. Hey, got a big week too here, by the way. It is black and gold week on The Fan. That's right. The crew open up the regular season Saturday over at the Dot against Vancouver. You can listen to the game right here on The Fan, of course. Head to 971thefan.com for all of the black and gold fun. I will be in attendance for that one, Mm. J. Lou. It is the curtain raiser uh, for Columbus. we got to get you down here, buddy, and go see a game. That building is spectacular. By the way, I saw T-Bone this weekend. Mm -hmm. He was uh, invited to the the kit release, because you know how in soccer you get New Jersey's new uniforms every single year, uh, which is pretty tremendous. Bone was treated like an A1 celebrity, which he is, wow. uh, but he, they got they gave him his own personalized locker wow. over there. He was hanging out with Boone Jenner and Zach Warinski, uh other people from Columbus Media as well. I don't have the entire list in front of me, but yeah, they put his own name on a locker, gave him a jersey, like private tour, a whole bunch of things. Like It was pretty awesome the way that T-Bone got treated, so there may right. be something special between him and I uh, coming up on Saturday. I'm not sure the details on that. That, but stay okay. tuned for that because I know uh, we're going to do Black and Gold Week right here on the fan.
4: Good good job out of you. I did actually run into uh, one Neil Sika oh uh, TV voice oh uh, for the crew. Uh, saw him and his pops last night uh, pregame before we uh, got into the arena. So yeah, big weekend, buddy. Excited for you. That is, that is going to be very, very neat. Excited to hear the details on it.
2: Yep, sure is. So earlier start uh, too, by the way, because of the World Cup that's coming up in Qatar uh, in November. So that's why the MLS season is shifting up so they get the uh, break before before, uh, we get to the World Cup. By the way, advanced forecast for Columbus, high of 22 degrees on Saturday for opening oh, day, so if you're
4: going to go course. out
2: there, bundle up. Yeah,
4: yeah because it's going to be 60 for you know these <laughs> next couple of days, but why would it be for for opening day? Jesus, yeah, okay.
2: Of course, you can't have anything nice. Uh, Buckeyes go down 75 to 62 on Saturday against the Iowa Hawkeyes. Oh, I was in the building for that one. I mean, Jensen, at one point, I know it was early in the game, you had an 11-point lead, and then that evaporated. You're down one point at the half. You come out the second half. You look okay to start off. And then Iowa just kind of turns the screws on you, man. You couldn't get any 50-50 balls. The offense became stagnant. You couldn't get EJ the ball. And when you did get EJ the ball, they were turning it over left and right. That, my friend, was a... Pretty bad performance. One of the worst performances of the year I've seen out of this Buckeye Hoops team. No good. Yeah,
4: yeah. But turnovers too, in the second half. Uh, even even having I think a two point lead there uh, by the first media timeout in the second half, and then the you know the wheels kind of fall off at that. So you're right. First uh, <clears throat> first home loss uh, of the season. Uh, speaking of of you know bright side part of this. Uh, Jimmy Jackson, uh, Mike Reed and Jay Sean Tate, uh, all at the game there. It was pretty uh, awesome.
2: It was pretty awesome to see. Well, first of all, Jay Sean get the winner on Friday in the Rising Stars right. Challenge. That was yeah. great. But yes, like you mentioned, Mike Redd in attendance was wearing a sweet jacket. Jay Sean got a standing ovation from the crowd on Saturday. Uh, so it was really cool, the sights and sounds, other than the actual basketball game that took part because uh, mm. uh, that was no good for anybody. But yes, the Stars were out on Saturday for uh, the Buckeye Hoops team.
4: Yeah, good for them. Uh, and, but yeah, I think a couple of things to clean up and sometimes the best thing uh, in sports uh, is a quick turnaround so you can kind of get that bad taste out of your mouth and uh, I don't want to call it a must win you know for them but certainly revenge spot against Indiana who embarrassed them uh, you know in in uh, Bloomington so got to get it right got to get your 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 mindset back on the on the positive side and, and hopefully pull out a W
2: yeah the biggest thing for me on Saturday watching this game is that I mean we had talked about it right Iowa's a team that can outscore just about anybody in the country when they're on their day. Um, so the Buckeyes give up seventy-five points. The fact that you only scored sixty-two against that defense is pretty stunning to me. Yeah, um, that was probably the worst part about it. Let alone getting out-rebounded, uh, letting up off twenty offensive boards um, was terrible. And then, by the way, too, giving up the ball 14 times and 14 turnovers after you've been pretty good in that department uh, as of late. I don't know. It was kind of shocking and stunning just the way that they came out. I didn't think the building was flat considering what the shot is. I thought it was a pretty good day out of the crowd there, uh, but it was kind of perplexing to see everything that happened and then it just spiraled in the last four minutes. I think it was a what? four or six point game with the under four media timeout. The crowd was starting to get into it. Uh, And then there was a foul called on Jordan Bohannon on the three point line and Holtman almost lost his mind and got teed up. Uh, Fran was yelling at the refs too, but I I, I don't know. I'm over blaming big 10 refs because we know night in night out, it's going to be likely a poor performance out of them. There were some suspect calls, but that's every big 10 game. It was just weird that it didn't go your way on Saturday at home. Well, uh, again,
4: like I said, you you find ways uh, on the tape to to be able to make adjustments. And uh, the DNA of of your club is still good, but uh, sometimes those embarrassing defeats uh, lend to to having a a much better uh, performance and streak. So let's hope that starts against the Hoosiers.
2: Yeah, big one tonight. 7 o'clock, 6 o'clock coverage begins right here on The Fan. Uh, There was another game yesterday in the Big Ten that necessarily didn't draw all the eyes during the game but had all the eyeballs on it after the game in the handshake lawn or in the handshake line juwan howard uh punching wisconsin assistant or i guess slapping him would be the better term we'll get into that coming up next morning juice right here
5: on the fan fan traffic from the atlas butler plumbing services traffic center
0: Good morning, Gabriela Garcia here. Not seeing any trouble spots on your major central Ohio roadways. Just watch for some daytime lane restrictions just for today on I-270 westbound. This is on the north side of the outer belt near I-71. And also watch out for that median construction that's going on on... State Route 315 until the end of next month. Next check of traffic in a few minutes for now from 10TV's Wake Up Seabus. I'm Gabriela Garcia for 971 The Fan.
1: Get up, then get fired up. This is good. Get your hip flexors going, inner thigh, everything. This is Morning Juice.
2: Morning Juice right here on The Fan. Brandon Beam, Jensen Lewis, Mark the Shark on a Monday. Hey, you can download the Wendy's app today to earn free food, order ahead, order delivery, and even save money with app exclusive offers. The best part is when you use the Wendy's app, you're going to earn points on every order. That's ultimately going to get you free food. It's super easy. Just go to the reward store within the Wendy's app to see all of the deliciousness that awaits you, and you can get for free with your accumulated points. Get the Wendy's app to get it all. One app, all the Wendy's, save money, earn free food, order ahead, and order delivery, all with the Wendy's app. So, was watching uh, of course the end of the (laughs) Wisconsin Michigan game yesterday. I told you earlier on in the six o'clock hour, Jensen, that my remote was really getting a workout yesterday. Yes. Like I was popping around from place <laughs> to place on a Sunday, and it was uh, pretty awesome. So, I to be quite frank with you, I turned the game off because it was you know a blowout in the final minutes. And I'm like, all right, let's see what's going on you know else in the sporting world. And I go back because I figured, all right, game's over. They're going to be switching to uh, tour coverage at the Riv, and I wanted to see the opening because Faldo and Nance are so good when they bring in the coverage. Uh, and so they're going through the handshake line. And all of a sudden, all hell breaks loose between Michigan and Wisconsin. And I'm like, oh my God, I mean, what what happened? What set something off? And then they did the replay and they showed Juwan Howard slapping an assistant coach in the face for Wisconsin. Players are throwing punches. Everybody has got to be kind of separated there on that front. And so it was an immediate, I mean, just storm on twitter like oh my god juan howard is his last game for the university of michigan now we'll figure that out as we get into today uh and probably a few days from now but it's not only gonna be juan howard that's suspended for this like there were some players that threw punches they're going to be suspended as well J. Lou. so if you weren't aware of what caused this entire situation here is greg Gard, the wisconsin coach uh, called a timeout with what, four seconds left to go or six seconds? I don't I don't know the time. 15 seconds left to go, uh, in the game because he didn't want a 10 second violation. So he wanted that the clock to reset. The game was already well in hand, and then you get to the handshake line, and the Jawan Howard situation unfolds. Here was Greg Gard's side of the story and why he called the timeout.
4: As I was walking through it, you know, I know he didn't come through right away. He came in later after some of the players and was going down the line with everybody, and they were all fine. And he came up to me and pulled his max max down and said, "I'll remember that." And he started pointing it at me and tapped me in the chest, and I said, "Hold on, let me explain to you why I took the timeout." Maybe he doesn't know the rule that you get the ten seconds reset. I wasn't going to put my players in that type of situation to have to break a f- press in four seconds, coming stiff and cold off the bench. I wouldn't do that for a regular group. If I can take a timeout. That's um, it gives my players the best chance to have success. So that's where it started. That he said, "I'll remember that. I'll remember that." And I said, "Hey, let me tell you why I did what I did." And he didn't want any part of it. And um, kept moving on.
2: All right. So there's Greg Guard's side of the story. Got it. All good. J Lou, no big deal. <laughs> call timeout, even though it's a blowout might be a little bush league, but Hey, who am I to tell you how to coach your kids? Right? Well, I mean, as you said earlier, you know, it's their call when they
4: want to use their timeouts. There's no hard and fast rules about, you know, whether it's at the end of the game and the game is decided, but, uh, that that's one side. And okay. You can buy that a heck of a lot more than what Juwan Howard said
2: yeah, of course you can. And here's Juwan Howard explaining why he was upset with Greg Gard. And then I'll give you a two-pack here on what provoked the slap.
3: I didn't like the timeout being called, and I'll be totally honest with you. I thought it was not necessary at that moment, especially being a large lead. And then for have the timeout to be called with three seconds or four seconds to go, You know, I thought that that was what I felt. Wasn't fair to our guys. Not fair to the
2: guys. And then all of a sudden, what provoked him to do the slap heard around the world?
3: You know, I addressed with uh, the head coach that uh, I will remember that <laughs> because of that timeout and uh, for someone to touch me. And I think that was un- very uncalled for for him to touch me as we were verbalizing and communicating with one another. That's what ended up happening, and that's what escalated it.
2: How many times have has Juwan Howard in his life been in a little scrap, right, where emotions are flying high at the end of the game, you just got ran out of the gym on national TV at the Kohl Center, and then all of a sudden, you felt like you went into self-defense mode because somebody touched you. Like I don't know, man. It's a it's a it was it's a weird line of thinking that you crossed that line. And he really didn't backpedal on any of it. I mean, he just kind of went out there in the post game, Jensen, and said, eh, "Well, you know, I was in self-defense mode. Um, you know, I'm going to remember this. I was touched, and then all hell broke loose." Uh,
4: I can say having been in a handful of scrums, a handful of <laughs> uh, bench-clearing incidents, that uh, there was more contact. Uh, of me uh you know by uh, by some of these other guys than what I witnessed on that replay of the video uh, they're in no way shape or form uh Juwan Howard being a guy that played in the NBA you know has has had to bang down low with with some of the the better players of uh, his generation uh there was none of that that happened uh, go back and watch the video uh th- there is no way uh, that his justification for his reaction uh, suits uh, what what you'll watch on that video. So I think he's going to have a hard time defending to the Big Ten Conference when they come in and say, all right, what what really is your side of the story? If mm-hmm. he doesn't have a better explanation than what he just did in that post-game interview, uh, it's a lengthy suspension at
2: minimum. Yeah, for sure, it's going to be. Uh, Chris McIntosh spoke. He is the Wisconsin athletic director after the game, saying that the Big Ten is going to have to punish the Wolverines. There is no room.
4: There is no space for conduct like that at any competition, much less a big Big Ten competition. The Big Ten takes pride in sportsmanship. The Big Ten takes pride in acting with class, and that didn't happen today. And it's unfortunate what transpired. I've been in contact with the league. I've spoken to the commissioner personally. I expect the league is going to act swiftly and aggressively. We've got staff that have been affected and injured, hit the face, and it's difficult for me to compose myself in the defense of our staff and our team who did not instigate this event.
2: So after he said that, Chris McIntosh, Wisconsin athletic director, the big 10 released a statement. Uh, the conference is aware of physical altercation involving Michigan head coach, Shawan Howard at the conclusion of the game, uh men's basketball game between the Wolverines and the Badgers. The conference is in contact with both member institutions and is currently assessing the incident. The conference will provide more information and will take a swift and appropriate disciplinary action when it comes to its review. Now, breaking this thing down to brass tacks, Jensen, I'm not, I don't think, at least from my point of view, like the Big Ten has any authority to fire Juwan Howard. They don't have any authority to do that. That is a own resolution that's going to have to come between Juwan Howard uh, and the University of Michigan and their athletic department. Now, what the Big Ten can do is say, we're going to recommend a suspension for the entire the remainder of the season, or however long that suspension may be, and then it's going to be up to Ward-Manuel and the athletic department of the University of Michigan, whether or not they want to cede that, and then all of a sudden say, Juwan, uh, you're going to get fired here. And by the way, I had totally forgot about this until it was brought to my attention that Shark mentioned this to me in one of the breaks. I forgot about the whole Mark Turgeon situation that unfolded last year, too. Oh, boy. Like, I had totally forgot about that, where oh Jawan's going after Maryland, going after turge all blank yeah. and kill you, and all these, like... So, I don't know. Does that play a part in, to it? I'm not sure, but whatever it was, tempers flaring yesterday, Big Ten's going to make a decision, and then you'll likely hear from M- Michigan afterwards. <sighs>
4: Boy, okay, so that, that brings up an interesting point here because this isn't an isolated incident, you know, for Juwan Howard as far as uh, outburst. Uh, this, this probably the first we've seen of a physical altercation, but I wonder if that comes into play. Like it won't, it won't, you know, the NCAA is going to do what they're going to do, but now internally, we, we kind of talked about this, uh, maybe last hour of, all right, if Michigan and their people get together, uh, do they do they now start to group these things together and say, "All right, this is a pattern of behavior now." Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of, "All right, you know, we can kind of everyone makes mistakes. This is a big one. It's a big boo boo. Um, maybe we <laughs> can cover. It's a pretty,
2: it's a pretty big <laughs> one.
4: Yeah, maybe we can cover cover our tracks here down the road. But that's a great good job out of shark to remember that because now now you can start to put all this down on on paper and say, okay, well, we had this last year. We've had this this year. I mean, anything else we don't know publicly, uh, you wonder if that weighs a bit more internally for Michigan's decision about what they'll do.
2: Ben tweeted the program out. He said, my biggest thing is Howard is sour grapes over timeout being called, yet his players were full-court pressing. What's not fair about it is still trying when the other team is also putting forth an effort. doesn't yeah. add up. That's a great point uh, that he brings up, right? You want to be sour grapes about the timeout? Well, call your guys off first. Uh, you're obviously still trying to full-court press, so if you want your guys to get live game reps, then I want mine to do the same situation, and I'm going to call a timeout, be sour grapes about it you want. I think that's a fantastic point he makes.
4: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well said. And uh, again, all, all of what we're about to hear later today, yeah. <laughs> uh, is, I don't know is, when
2: it's going to be, but it'll yeah, be today. We're, it's coming. Yeah, it sure is. So I don't know. I don't even have a guess as to what this is going to be. My guess is that. Big Ten's going to come down and say, listen, you got to suspend him for the rest of the year, and then whatever happens after that is up to the University of Michigan. So a fascinating situation uh, nonetheless. Adam Jardy of the Columbus Dispatch, he's going to join us. Buckeyes lose to Iowa on Saturday, back in action tonight against Indiana, and what did he take away uh, from the Juwan Howard Greg Guard situation yesterday? We'll check in with Adam next. Morning
5: Juice, right here on The Fan. Fan traffic. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center.
0: Good morning, Gabriela Garcia here. I'm seeing a crash on the right shoulder of i-70 eastbound where it meets i-270 on the east side not really slowing down people too much just watch for that also just watch for construction on 315 the median there they're gonna be working on that until the end of next month next check up traffic in a few minutes for now from 10 tv's wake up sea bus i'm Gabriela garcia for 97 one the fan
1: there's no better way to start your morning well there's one way but beamer isn't legally allowed to do that anymore you're listening
2: to Morning Juice. Morning Juice, right here on the fan. Brandon Beam, Jensen Lewis, Mark the Shark. Hey, the best dealer in town with the best selection and best service around. You know, we're talking about our good friends over at Rikert Automotive. Tons of new and used cars and trucks available. Of course, at the Mega Mall, and you've got to visit their new location in Dublin, Rikert Chevrolet Buick GMC, right off 270 and Sawmill on Billingsley Road. I'm driving a Kia K5 that I got from the Mega Mall in the General. Well, Carp he is now driving a Chevy Tahoe that they picked up in their new location in Dublin. You can't go wrong when you deal with Rikert. They're awesome to work with, and like our good buddy Rick says, they're dealing. Right now, I'm going to head out to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Check it with our man from the Columbus Dispatch, Adam Jardy. Adam, happy Monday, bud. What's happening?
6: Hey, good morning, guys.
2: How you doing today? Uh, we're okay. Doing okay. Uh, Buckeye loss on Saturday kind of, uh, tables things a little bit here for now. We'll see how this team responds, uh, tonight. Quick turnaround against Indiana. Um, just before we get into the Buckeye side of things. What'd you make of the whole situation yesterday at the Kohl Center, Bud? I know you were probably <laughs> locked in on it. Um, it was fascinating to say the least. But I mean, Jensen and I have just been trying to figure out all the things that's going to go on inside of the conference, of course, at the University of Michigan. Ward Manuel, the decision that they're going to have to make. Just uh, your kind of um, not take, but your interpretation of the situation that unfolded yesterday.
6: Well, I think that Juwan is easily like the most hated coach, um, sort of nationally at this point, or maybe in the Midwest, since like Ozzie Guillen. I mean, to to go after somebody like that, um, I mean, there was some, some gamesmanship going on on both sides. You know, Wisconsin calling the timeout at the end. I understand why that would frustrate Juwan. Wisconsin called the timeout because Juwan was pressing with 15 seconds to go in a game that was already decided. He did this, he, he pulled very similar things when Ohio State played there last weekend, where uh, in the last minute of a 10-point loss, Ohio State's up by 10, Juwan gets a technical and then also uses a timeout and extends the game for absolutely no reason. So, I mean, this is, there's a pattern here of, of him being upset about like the last minute of a game. You you look at what happened last year in the big 10 tournament with Mark Turgeon, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's, there's clearly something going on and I don't want to just pile on and say Juwan is the worst person and this and that. I think something needs addressed. I think the guy needs some kind of help. And I think, I hope that he gets it. I hope that Michigan recognizes that. And I hope everyone can move on and, and find a better place because that's, that's just ugly. And that's, uh, I mean, I love college basketball. We all love college Mm -hmm. basketball. You just don't, you don't want to see those kinds of things.
4: Adam, it's Jensen. Uh, the tradition continues. Always a great day when you can talk with a Jardy, and uh, <laughs> i I believe that I believe you're on to something there. Something we kind of talked about in the last segment that you now have you now have a trail here of behavior. You have a pattern, and mm-hmm. uh, I I wonder, regardless of what the Big Ten hands down today, internally <laughs> at Michigan. You know, there, I think there's a more serious conversation to be had of, all right, this isn't an isolated incident. This is a, a horrible look, not only for him individually, but now for the program because it's, it's back to back seasons where you've had incidents. This one of the physical nature is, is there, can you entertain a thought that he's coached his last game at Michigan or is that too harsh a penalty?
6: I mean, I think you can entertain the thought. I mean, uh, and my understanding, thanks my friend Brendan Quinn at the athletic had a, uh, some research yesterday that I think the Big Ten can only suspend him for two games, so any sort of further suspension would have to be in conjunction with whatever Michigan decides to hand out. Mm. Um, I mean, I, I would feel like at this moment that that sort I mean nothing is off the table at this moment. Um, okay. I do think it's worth pointing out that in the release uh, that Michigan put out last night, they mentioned like instigating factors or mm-hmm. something to that effect which seemed to just kind of crack that window a little bit and say, look, this isn't all in Juwan. Um, so that, that would led me to believe that they think that there's, there's a path through this. Otherwise you don't mention something like that in the release. But I, I mean, I would have to imagine that after something like that, I mean, Woody Hayes got fired. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, I've got to think that things like that will be part, at least part of the conversation, for sure. Yeah,
2: it's going to be a fascinating day, no doubt, uh, with the participating parties in Ann Arbor and then Rosemont, Illinois, for the Big Ten Conference. He is Adam Jardy with us here from the Dispatch on the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Take you back to Saturday. was a pretty wild one at the shot. thought the building was actually pretty good. Adam was in attendance for yep. that one. Um, it was pretty wild, right? I mean, you're up 11 points. It's the beginning. You know, you're feeling pretty good about the situation. Iowa doesn't have a great defense. We well, Y'all know that they can score uh, with the best of them in the conference. And then they just kind of stalled out in the second half and they could not get rebounds. They were sloppy with the ball. Just, I don't know, your takeaway on what was a puzzling afternoon for the Buckeye Hoops team.
6: They just seemed kind of flat and they just seemed like they didn't have the juice that they needed. I mean, they did at times. I mean, you you jump out to a 21-10 lead, you've obviously got some things going for you. And I thought that Malachi Brandon played with a lot of pop. I thought that Kyle Young did the same. I thought E.J. Liddell got worn down because they just kept throwing bodies at him and no one else was really kind of stepping up to help him. And you, can, you've, you see it all the time in basketball. If you're constantly getting beaten to 50-50 balls mm-hmm. and, and offensive rebounds, like that stuff adds up. That stuff sucks out your will. And Ohio State gave up 20 offensive rebounds in this game. I think um, Iowa grabbed like 51.3% of its misses. And Jeez. I mean, that's just, that, that's going to kill you. And, and you add it up. It was like Ohio State was outscored by six points off of turnovers. They turned it over 14 times. Ohio State was outscored by seven points on second chance opportunities and they lost by 13. So I mean, if you really want to boil it down to as simple as that, they turned the ball over too much and they didn't do a good enough job grabbing loose balls and it all uh, added up to a loss.
4: Yeah, Adam, the path forward now, obviously the quick turnaround helps from a mental standpoint because you get a chance to to get yourself feeling good again. and, And doubly with the revenge spot against the Hoosiers was what they did. Uh, to the Buckeyes out in Bloomington 16 point victory uh this is a a, a dangerous week because of the the opponents here of course Indiana at yeah. home then a massive one against mm-hmm. Illinois on Thursday uh, before you've got to go to college park and and take on uh, the Terrapins so um, expectations uh from you for what coach Holtman needs to see out of his group particularly tonight to get past Indiana
6: well it's the field saying you can't Lose a game you're supposed to win before you go play a game you're supposed to lose. I mean you've, <laughs> yeah. you've you've got Indiana at home, and nobody in the world expects you to go to Illinois on Thursday and win. Like that's just calling the spade a spade. And I think when you look at the fact that you're playing an Indiana team that that handled you pretty well at its place, I mean this is a team that's that, this is a prideful Ohio State team, and this is a team that we've heard a lot more talk in the last few weeks about it being a more player-led locker room. The guys are taking ownership of the team. that they're di- like The seniors are, are really directing where this team is headed. And when we talked to E.J. Liddell after that game on Saturday, it looked like there was nowhere in the world he less wanted to be than in that room mm-hmm. trying to explain what had just happened in that game. I think that if he could have played another game in 10 minutes, he would have. And I think when you factor all of that in and a quick turnaround and realizing that they didn't play at the level they needed to play on Saturday, I really feel like this is you're going to see a different Ohio State team tonight. I think you see some guys bounce back. I think you see a a, a little bit more energy. And, yeah, they're going to be a little bit tired because they did just play like 48 hours ago. Um, but I think you're going to see, uh, or, or I guess we'll really get a good look at what the leadership of this team looks like and, and you know what that player-led locker room is starting to become.
2: He is Adam Jardy of the Columbus Dispatch with us here on the Bryant Eating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline do you I just my takeaway from Saturday Adam and I've noticed this too during Holtman's tenure with this team uh when they kind of get ran out of the gym and I'm not saying that the Iowa ran them out of the gym I mean it was what a six point or four point game with the under four so I mean take that as you will um but I just noticed they get so stagnant on offense when they go through these these spells where they can't get the ball in and they commit turnovers um just am I am I crazy for saying that or seeing that is that something that you notice too like it looks like okay we're going to try to get the the ball to e j and everybody else clear out. Like it's just I don't know. it's it's something that I've noticed with this team kind of all year long and through this tenure that they don't move when they're down, and they just kind of uh, are stagnant on the court. Am I crazy for saying that?
6: I mean, you you might be crazy for other reasons. oh um, <laughs> yes, obviously, <laughs> but i I think those things go hand in hand. when when you're not playing well and when things aren't going well, you're going things are going to get more stagnant and you're going you're going to lose those kinds of games. I think ball movement has always been key for this team, and, and when they're playing well, you see the ball zipping around. They're, they're making the, I think they call it, like, one more passes where you're just, you you might have a good shot and you get it to the next guy who gets a great shot. Like, they're big on that kind of stuff. And it was just very strange to me in this game that um, we've seen a number of guys at different times step up and have moments. And, you know, Malachi has 22, mm-hmm. EJ has 15 or 16, Kyle Young has 10. Nobody else gave him really anything offensively. And I think the, the collective, like, dread of that as, as it went on just really built, because We've seen Cedric Russell step up and and put together runs. Just think of the Michigan game for I mean a week ago he he was big in that game. You know Justin Arms has done it at times throughout his entire career. Uh, Gene Brown has given him things offensively at times. Um, you know you, Malik or you no know, excuse me, Michi has has done it. Like they got almost nothing from those guys. Their backcourt aside from from Malachi Branham gave him nothing uh, offensively. And uh, when you want the ball to be moving and you want guys to be crisp and you want to see that offense flowing, you've got to have more than just one or two guys that can get you a shot in in a game. And that just wasn't the case. It was a weird confluence where a bunch of guys had off nights at the same time.
2: Fifteen points the rest of the team scored of players not named E.J. Liddell, Malachi Branham, or Kyle Young. Like, that's not going to get it done against anybody in the Big Ten. Adam, always appreciate the time. Perplexing weekend for sure. Hopefully they can get things turned around tonight against Indiana. Appreciate it, bud. Enjoy the day. Enjoy the game tonight, and we'll check in again soon, all right?
6: Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it.
2: Here he goes, Adam Jardy of the Columbus Dispatch, with us, of course, here on the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems fan guest hotline. What do you say? Always a good day to, to uh, talk to a Jardy, right? Always,
4: yes. Uh, he's his brother Andy uh, is a great production assistant for us uh, on the mm-hmm. TV side uh, up here in Cleveland. So yeah, the tradition, unlike any other, always a great day when you can talk to a Jardy.
2: Absolutely, was it was great stuff out <laughs> of him. We're gonna wrap things up on a Monday
5: next morning. Juice right here on the fan fan traffic. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center.
0: Good morning. Gabriela Garcia here. ODOT says to expect some lane closures on the ramp from I-270 eastbound to I-71 southbound because of a crash. That might slow you down on the southwest side. Also, I-70 I-270 you're going to see on those eastbound lanes that the right shoulder is blocked because of a crash on I-70 eastbound. Again, this is on the east side. Next check of traffic in a few minutes for now from 10TV's Wake Up Sea Bus. I'm Gabriela Garcia for 97.1 the fan
1: live local loud very loud this is morning juice
2: morning juice right here on the fan Brandon beam jensen lewis mark the shark wrapping up things here on monday no uncle Bo today it's president's day he's taking the day off it will be chops and dave biddle they will steer the ship until noon when we are done we hear a morning juice are brought to you by our good friends over at Affinity Whole Health, leader in testosterone and hormone replacement therapy. You can always visit them online at feelgreatcolumbus.com. To get to our fan poll, our daily fan poll is sponsored by Dick master Ford. And today's fan poll at 971thefan.com or on Twitter at 971thefan. How do you think the Big Ten should punish Michigan coach Juwan Howard for hitting an opposing coach? Well, I guess um, that answer Adam wrapped up. But we'll, I'll reword it here on the fly because uh, according, I guess, to the bylaws, what Adam was saying, inside of the yes. conference, they can only suspend, uh, at least the conference can, you know, a coach for two games. Uh, so the bigger part, well, he's for sure going to get the two games from the Big Ten. Like, that's in the books, at, or uh, J-Lo, I almost called you Adam there, uh, yeah. talking some hoops here. <laughs> only been doing the show with you for, you know, two days and two hours and 52 minutes. But, um so he's for sure going to get the two games. I would be shocked if they if they don't give him that. Uh, but then three to five game suspension, suspend for the rest of the year. Michigan should fire him. Forty two and a half percent going firing, thirty eight point six percent going with suspending for the rest of the year. going with three to five game suspension, only a half a percent going with no penalty. Um, So Ward manual and the Michigan athletic department and all the boosters are going to have a big decision to make here as we uh, get into uh, these late morning hours here on this Monday, February 21st.
4: Yeah. Just another layer of a, of a very disappointing season. I mean, right now I think they'd have to be in one of the play in games uh, to, to even make the field of 68. So uh, this is not, not the way that they wanted to come down the stretch. And certainly, uh, if you're Michigan, you've, you got to do the right thing, uh, not only from a, a PR standpoint, but as Adam kind of alluded to, uh, if there's something going on with the person, yeah. you know, you, you hope that, you hope that everything is okay with him mentally, uh, overall. If it is, you know, another episode of a continuing pattern, then uh, they got they got to do right by by the human being first and foremost
2: yeah absolutely they do uh I would say suspend for the rest of the year but again i i yeah. can i can get to i can get to either way i mean if sure. this is a you know behavior upon Juwan Howard, and they want to say, "Listen, you had the whole situation with Turgeon last year, and then late game antics, not getting, you know, um, getting a little bit crazy." Like Adam mentioned uh, just last week against Ohio State, like so, I I can get either way. And again, this is all going to fall on Ward Manuel, the athletic director for the athletic director for the University of Michigan, because the Big Ten can only uh, suspend him for two games. So I can get either way uh, on this bad boy. You know, we actually didn't get to a lot of the stuff we had from today Jensen I mean here we are 854 on a Monday Uh, big news coming out of the weekend too. LeBron James saying I'm going to play until my son comes into the NBA wherever so like that was some pretty big news we didn't get to college football playoff expansion didn't even get to that bad boy I mean that broke like on what Uh, Saturday I thought or maybe on Friday night I'm not really sure no expansion until 2025 we can break that down uh, a little bit more tomorrow but we tell you what buddy we had an Action-packed three hours of the program. I mean, I blinked and this show was over.
4: I like it. We'll do it. It'll saddle it up and do it again tomorrow with uh, a couple of you. Brian Flores, yep. uh, lawsuit and all, is, yep. is found a home in Pittsburgh as an assistant coach. That uh, The tentacles of that, I'm sure, will... We'll reach far and wide uh, once that presser can happen. No doubt. And, uh, you know, the other details, too, of uh, DirecTV and and Sunday Ticket, the (sighs) price for You thought the TV rights for the Big Ten were going to be large with a B? (laughs) (laughs) Wait till people hear what this price tag is
2: going to be. Whoa. And again, I was reading this article, too, and we can get into it tomorrow, Uh, but basically putting out an article, uh, Mike Florio, and I don't know how good his sources are on this, but saying that the... NFL could reach an agreement with one str- a streaming service um, that direct TV Sunday tickets going to go by the wayside but it could reach up to $7.5 billion a year for the Sunday ticket deal. Just the year. Just the year. We're talking <laughs> about $1.1 billion for the Big Ten in a year, and that's an astronomical number. NFL going $7.5 billion. I don't know if I believe that, but whatever it's going to be, uh, it's going to be stunning. Again, Buckeye Hoops team in action tonight. Hey, let's get a win tonight, and let's bury the game from Saturday because, yeah. like you mentioned, short-term memory is a good thing, but you lose this one tonight, Jensen, it's going to be a bad morning that we're going to have tomorrow. I'll tell you yeah. that much.
4: Well, I, I think uh, Adam hit it right on the head that uh, this is a resilient team. This is a team that has a lot of pride, and uh, you, you hope they come out from from the tip and uh, just impose their will.
2: Absolutely. j Lou had so much fun today. What do you say we do it again tomorrow if they allow us? You good with that? Uh, that sounds great to me, buddy. All right. You have a great day. Not Uncle Bo chops and dave biddle they steer the ship until noon we'll be back live tomorrow morning at 6 a.m to break everything down have a good one talk to you then morning juice right here on the fan
4: fan traffic
5: from the atlas butler plumbing services traffic center
0: Good morning, Gabriela Garcia here. ODOT says to expect some lane closures on the ramp from I-270 eastbound to I-71 southbound because of a crash. That might slow you down on the southwest side. Also, I-70 and I-270, you're going to see on those eastbound lanes that the right shoulder is blocked because of a crash on I-70 eastbound. Again, this is on the east side. Next check of traffic in a few minutes. For now, from 10TV's Wake Up See Us. I'm Gabriela Garcia for 97.1 The Fan. Pulling
3: up to Mickey D's just for drinks?